Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Conversation. I'm Nina Turner, and I'm so glad to be with you today. And do I have a treat? I say that almost every single time, but I mean that we only bring people on who are going to be a bona fide treat plus power and justice at the same time. But I have with me today the one and only Tim Black. He is a CEO, he has his own independent black media network, he's an activist. And Tim, you know, I call myself a hell raising humanitarian. I think you you fit in that category too. It's so good to have you join me today. How are you, Black? Well, I'm doing fantastic. But first of all, I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. You know what's great. Always spending time with you, Senator Turner, Senator Turner. And uh yeah, um, let's get into it. I hope not to to get you in any trouble because you know I got a big mouth, but I'm I'm fighting for justice and I leave it all on the field. I know you do. Look, I, I I get in trouble all the time. Sometimes just your very existence, just you know, folks just don't don't like it. So listen, I, I visit trouble all the time, as long as it's making that good trouble. Good trouble does matter. So uh, you mm-hmm. and I are both on that island together. So let's talk about I me. Mean, you and we both navigate a progressive space, and I know that you have uh, been really bringing it down on the progressive movement. What I mean by that, just really telling the truth as you see it about where black people fit in that progressive movement and what the collective progressive movement, especially white progressives could do and should do to be true allies. And uh, as our brother Killer Mike always talks about Michael Render, there's a difference between an ally and a co-conspirator. And we certainly need allies, but we also need co-conspirators. You wrote a, a manifesto about this uh, issue. So let's let's start right there. Why are you so motivated and keenly direct given a directive to the progressive movement as a whole about the needs of the black community? Well, uh, I'll say this. Initially, Nina, you know, I'm I'm in these progressive spaces and I'm talking about these issues. And I'm working alongside a lot of great people, a lot of people that you know um, that have platforms. And we developed bonds over the last couple of years, over the last five, six, seven years. And all which is kind of considered that they also believed in black issues and fighting for black, uh, black agenda, uh, black agenda and ways to uplift the black community. But it became more and more evident as time went on that I was kind of alone in that space. You know, and, and that just wasn't okay with me. You know, the, the fact of the matter is. I'm forcing the issue about a black agenda to progressives because someone's got to do it. Um, we're 2% of the wealth in this country. We own 2% of the land in this country. We're 13% of the population, but 50% of the homeless population. We are uh, 2% of the lawyers. Uh, black women are 2% of female lawyers. Black men, 2% of male lawyers. Uh, 2% of doctors, 2% of engineers. We got this 2% rule, it seems like America won't let us do better than 2%, unless we're talking about incarceration numbers, which were nearly 40%. So all of these issues combined said, Tim Black, if you have a platform and you are someone in this left space, this progressive space, um, been on the shows of all these great people, what good are you if you're not using your platform to further the issues and push the issue for reparations and a black agenda? And, so and that's really what it was. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that. I know that you've had Dr. Sandy Darity and uh, Professor Mullins on your show. Uh, they have wrote 
I mean, they have written, excuse me, a, a book. They've been studying this issue, the issue of reparations to uh, American descendants of slaves. Uh, Dr. Darity and Professor Mullins have been in this space for a very long time. They've worked with a lot of people over the years too. And you have interviewed them on your show. I certainly have had the privilege of having some conversations with them. Let's talk about the notion of reparations, particularly to American descendants of slaves. Why is that important for people to understand what reparations, what what reparations to black folks who are descendant of enslaved people, what that will really mean for us? And then also what it means to a larger community and why we need allies from, I would say from all walks of life, not just the white community. We need every community to lock arms and understand that black people in America, particularly African Americans have a unique experience in this country. And that's really what this fight for reparations is all about. Well, reparations makes sense because it's a justice claim. It's because what is owed to American descendants of slaves is just is. When black people do better, everyone does better. Yeah. We don't. We go back. We don't have to go back to slavery, but we can go back to slavery, and we all know the the injustice. We know we talk about the sin of America, one of the original sins of America, uh, the native, the genocide of the Native Americans, indigenous folks, and then the slavery of of black folks, American descendants of slaves. But even after that, we can even start after that because I don't think anyone wants to. Anyone would argue against a claim against slavery. I mean, that's just. It is what it is. Oh, somebody, people, some people do though. I'm sorry to cut down the flow, black. Some some people would argue against that claim. They well, are, but go ahead. Well, you know, those people, those people that are progressive, I got a question if they're really progressive. I mean, if you're progressive and you don't think slavery, uh, a debt, we're talking about wealth that was built in this country on the backs of people that didn't volunteer to do it, people that were never compensated to do it. And I don't know if you realize this or not. And Dr. Dr. William Sandy Darity, uh, when he came on my show, we talked about this. Money doesn't just stop. We know we're not just ourselves, but our forefathers are extensions of us. So our time on this earth. It's always about who came before us and who comes after us. So right. we have people that were unable to build wealth and pass that on to the next generation. Then that there needs to be a remedy for that because that money went somewhere. So the only people paid for reparations were slaveholders who gave up their slaves. Black people were released. We were we were so called free, but then we were put into prison. We were we were uh, we were forced to there you go uh, sharecropping, yeah. but also uh, the the prison industrial complex where we ended up working on the same plantations that we were freed from. Um, and then we go on a couple of years later. Then we got the white terrorism with the lynchings. Uh, we got Jim Crow. I mean, the list goes on. But when we talk about money and we talk about reparations, I'm talking about the Homestead Act where mm -hmm. White families, 1.5 million white families were given 160 acres of land. We got none of that. We talk about yeah. the New Deal. We talk, people talk about Joe Biden and this. It's the New Deal. Well, black people didn't get the New Deal. Less than 2% of the New Deal went to black Americans. The GI Bill, we didn't get that. Less than 2% of us got that. So, so when we talk about reparations, we're talking about systemic. Uh, institutions in America, whether by policy or by deed, that overlooked and omitted black Americans from building wealth. And if you can't build wealth, you can't survive in a capitalistic society. That is so true, black, and we need a new New Deal. Because yes, when you peel back the layers on the New Deal, FDR, as tremendous as it was, you know, when this country went through the Great Depression in 1929, and to be able to have that kind of vision and to spend that kind of government resources to pull this nation out of 
the Great Recession. We know that it was really World War II, uh, you know, that ultimately got us out from an economic standpoint. But it was important to have that kind of vision. But the New Deal absolutely missed the whole, a great deal of the African American community. And so when we talk about the New Deal, although it was tremendous, we got to point out the racial inequities in that. And so we need anybody talking about a New Deal, we got to put new on the new. We need a new New Deal. And another point, and I just want us to kind of rest right here for a minute. Because some people, you know, they want to know, and, and, and Dr. Darity is absolutely right. We are, all of us, no matter what our heritage is, we are extensions of those that came before us and those that will come after us. It's called, you know, transforming, uh, transferring, for example, generational wealth. Let me just use wealth. So if black folks had no wealth to transfer, it puts us in the situation that we are in right now. And so I want to talk about a 21st century version of that. But before I get there, just listening to you made me think about General Sherman's special order <laughs> number 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 15. It never happened. You know, the general was he was on the right track and then it, it's they stopped it. So the 40 acres, so if people don't know what that is, that was supposed to be the 40 acres. And the mule, and it never happened. Land is king in this country, and especially when slavery was abolished, and not to be able to give the enslaved the land that they worked on. It was really their land, you know, it was our indigenous, don't get me wrong, but the land that the enslaved worked on, that land was more their land than anybody else, but there was not anything given to our enslaved ancestors. And I don't even want, I hate to use the word given, they earned it. But that that didn't even happen, and so you perpetuate a generational wealth inequality. And so I want you to comment on that. And then I want to come to the to the 21st century, 2008. I'm old enough to remember the Great Recession, and social scientists say they they let us know that black folks it was hard on 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 a lot of folks, but black people in particular lost. 50% of their wealth. Again, that line right there hurts African Americans right now in real time. And then what they may or may not be able to leave to any of their children or grandchildren moving forward. So we don't even have to go all the way back to paint this picture. We can we can start right here in the 21st century. So blacks, a general um yeah, General Sherman special order number 15. And then what happened in the Great Recession when black people lost uh, the wealth coming from their homes. Disproportionately, yeah. I might add. Absolutely. Um, as I said it earlier, if people are free, but they have no land and they have no means of production and they have no, we're talking about no substance, no sustenance, no no shelter. We're talking about black people dying from the elements. We're talking about starvation. We're talking about disease. We're talking about free and then you go nowhere. So they end up back on those same those same plantations. So when you, you also compare that to the American government giving 160 acres to 1.5 million white families, Families, but not giving the people that work those work that land, as you pointed out, any land. Um, that was a compromise made, I guess, to appease Southern whites, racist whites who 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 would not agree with it. I think that was the reason why um, that you know that we didn't end up getting any land. But it, be that as it may, that's something that we could remedy. And I always tell my white friends, my white progressive friends, I say, look, this is something that should have been done and taken care of over a hundred years ago. 
We should be looking yeah. back right now going, hey man, remember that time America gave up, gave all those slaves, all that yeah. land. Man, that I'm they earned. Yeah. yeah, that they earned, that they owed, that yeah. they were owed. Like they we were should old. have to That's have right. that conversation. We should be beyond it. But unfortunately, this is where we are. So when I talk about institutional racism, we're not talking about Karen's in front of Walmarts using the N-word. We're talking about uh Systemic. We're talking about a prison system. I'm, we're talking about environmental injustice. We're talking about medical injustice. We're talking yes. about uh, all these institutions Education. that impact this. Educational oh, injustice. Yeah. We can go down the line. Nina, you know yeah. this stuff better than I do. And that's that's where I'm at. So um, just to pick it back a little bit and say, this is the reason why I came after progressives and will continue to go after progressives. Because if I can't have you on my side, how can I have conservatives? Um, and I know they're doing this for advantageous reasons for themselves. How can I have them more willing to look at reparations and progressives? That's that boggles the mind that they would be more open. Now I know they may be doing it, Nina, in order to um, to trick us, right? But the fact remains, my brothers and sisters who call themselves progressives, you have to be on board with reparations and the black agenda because it's necessary. Um, now moving forward, you said, what about today? Well, today. Mm -hmm. What I see, what I see, when I look at mass incarceration, well, oh, you talked about Obama. <laughs> look, if the people that got bailed out were the banks, and the people, us, black people, where wealth is kept, most American wealth is kept in homes. If you lose yeah. your home, you lose your wealth. It's really that's very right. simple. That's where that's what people do. We, you know, the American dream is to buy a home. The reason why you want to buy a home is you want roots. You want to be able to give that to your children as you as time goes on. And if you take that ability from us, which is what was done when it collapsed in 08, well, and that is never restructured, that is never regained, that is never repaid. People are never repaired. Right now, that leads us to the homeless situation we have today, where I pointed out. You go some places, it's 60 to 70% of the homeless population are black families. We're not just talking about single black folks by themselves. If you go to Skid Row in California, you will see entire black families in tent cities. This is the problem. And if we and if I say, Nina, this problem that we that we have now. How does this exist? Either you agree, either you feel that this is what black people have, have earned. If this is a penalty of being of their somehow an individual problem, or we have to say and admit this is a systemic problem that requires a, a systemic solution by our federal government. And I'm gonna fight for that claim. And just even thinking about right in this moment, because we can start in this moment and then go backwards, or we can go backwards and come forward. However, people want us to lay it out. I definitely am a proponent of reparations to American descendants of slaves post haste. They need to do it like yesterday. One of the things, some of the things, one is, and I, I pinned an op-ed, and you may remember this, it was a few months ago, but with my dear sister, Erica, Erica the Great, Erica Alexander, we both, you know, she's been working on a reparations project too. And it's really good to see so many people from people who are lesser known to people who are well known really stepping up and talking about this issue. Let us just even deal with some of the things that can happen right now. So we're talking about part of this is direct cash payments. It has to be. And other parts of reparations require other things. And I know that Dr. Darity and also uh, Professor Mullins have talked about a variety of ways, including direct cash payments, uh, to right a wrong. You know, to have some truth and 
reconciliation in this country, which we have never had. South Africa is far from having repaired the damage done to black Africans. But I want to use South Africa as an example because at least they did have a truth and reconciliation process, even though it's not done processing because black Africans are still suffering disproportionately. In this country, we haven't even had the, the intestinal fortitude, I was gonna use another term, to even have a truth and reconciliation process. But Black, I want to talk about canceling student debt as one example, one way. And what I really love about what Dr. Darity and Professor Mullins have laid out is that there are a variety of ways to repair. All of these things must be done together. But even if we think about canceling student debt, because something you said was very important. When Black people rise, and I'm paraphrasing, when you repair Black folks, you repair everybody. Sister Heather McGee has a book out called The Sum of Us. And that really is the premise of the book, that when you write wrongs to the black community, everybody benefits. But let me go back to canceling student debt by way of example. Canceling student debt, $1.9 trillion worth of student debt. The population that holds the most student debt, the high, that has the highest interest rates, African American community. Now, as a community, if we if we drill down a little more, the group within the black community that has the highest amount of debt, African American women. Absolutely. Can you imagine, Black, what would happen if this president, who's been just kind of nibbling around the edges? I read an article where they're going to cancel about $2 billion. They canceled some debt for, for our sisters and brothers who are otherly abled already. Now they're about to do $2, billions, $2 billion worth more. It's $1.9 trillion. Do you know what kind of racial justice issue that would be to cancel student debt in the United States of America mm-hmm. and the disproportionate positive effect that it would have on the African American community in particular? That's one example. That is one example. And of course, I agree that canceling student debt would be a great step. That's something, how could I not support that? Working class people, black people particularly, we need that, we would benefit from that. People talk about black girl magic. Well, that black girl magic comes with a lot of student debt, which you already Ooh. outlined. And, and you know, this is one of the reasons why people support it. Biden. This was one of the selling points was that he's gonna go get something done. What are we gonna get done with Trump? Well, Biden's gonna go in and cancel student debt. And then it was Biden's gonna relieve us of $50 billion of student debt. Then it was Biden's gonna relieve us of $10 billion. $10,000, $10,000. $10,000, really? Okay, so um, my bad. No, you're right. It went from 50,000. 10, right? But now it's nowhere, right? Zero, is that is that what it is? Um I, I get uh, I get messages from people all the time, Nina. Not everybody goes to school, but to those that do go to school and those that do have that debt, of course we support it, and that would be one step in the right direction. We support all those policies that would benefit working class people because black people are, by and large, working class people, so we would benefit. But we need them to cut the check as well. So along with yeah, that, to, to also go with uh, cutting the check, um, of course, erasing student debt. Uh, people talk about taxes. We have conversations about land. I, I, I grew up in DC and Maryland. So I remember this this talk of a man named Mayor Marion Burry that people talked a lot of jokes about. But you know what he did, Nina? He, he set aside subsidies for black businesses so that they could get government contracts. So that's another avenue that a Joe Biden, President Biden could take to compensate that don't just include uh, direct payments. You know, uh, Congressman John Conyers has, has left this earth. He had been fighting just to even get a study done 
and I know that Dr. Darity says we, we got to go well beyond that, but I'm just laying that out just even as a point of discussion. Just even if we can just, you know, kind of agree on that, that Congressman Conyers have been introducing that bill and reintroducing that particular bill since the late 80s. He's no longer with us, but for the love of God and black people, we can't even get them to pass HR 40 to just say study the measure. You know, so that shows us what kind of predicament we're in. Well, Black, in our final moments, let's then now move to how people can be allies and co-conspirators in this push, the manifesto for Black people and the uplift of the Black community. If someone says, Black, I, I want, I want to be, but I don't know how. What would you say to them? Wow, there are a lot of, of amazing organizations out there that do the work every day. That are actually in the trenches, don't just talk for a living. They actually get moving on their boots on the ground, so to speak. As you would say, the grassroots and the, and the tree roots and the rooftops. And, the, and you had a comment about that that was great. You're so eloquent. But that's where I'd start. You know, Michael Render, Killer Mike talks about these organizations all the time. These are the people in the trenches. So that's what I suggest you look. Um, online, there's all these types of resources to locate those folks. You can start by going to uh, uh, Dr. Sandy Darity's, look at his work. There are organizations listed there. Uh, Dr. Derek Hamilton, he's affiliated yeah. with the new school. Um, there, there are a, a number, a, pop, a potpourri, a smorgasbord of, of organizations doing the work. And I support those organizations. You should also tell a friend. Like I, I, I'm tired of Democrats coming around the churches telling black people about, you know, they're, they're, they're in the fight with us. They need to go to some white churches and talk to those people. So talk to your friends about racism and systemic racism and, and vote for candidates that have black agenda on their agenda in their policy prescriptions like Nina Turner did. Talk about uh, support those candidates that support us because that's what's needed. We need to right this wrong, Nina, and there's a way to do it. And we have to do it by getting involved. Absolutely do. And Black, if people want to find you, the Tim Black Show, I've been blessed to be on air with you many a time. I thank you so much for coming into the great state of Ohio when yours truly was running for the Ohio in the Ohio special election for the 11th. You and your family came to be right by my side and to also shine some light on this district. I really appreciate it. Cleveland is the poorest city, poorest big city in America. It is a majority a black city. So just by one way of example, the work really needs to happen all over this country. But I just, again, want to sincerely thank you and your family for being here with me when you when you came. How do people find you on social media? And what, 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 how can they subscribe to the yeah. Black yeah. Show? Go to TimBlackTV.com. That's my website. You can also find me as Pause with Tim Black, which is a uh, podcast that I have now going on. And uh, my show comes on at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Online. If you, online, if you want it real and if you want it raw. And on Twitter, Black? Real Tim Black. Real Tim Black. If you want it real and if you want it raw, you need to support and join Mr. Tim Black on this journey of justice, because this is really what he's talking about, just plain and simple. If you want to know what reparations is about, it is about imparting justice, long delayed and denied justice uh, to the uh, black community. Uh, Tim, and Tim, you got the perfect last name. I love when I call you black. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Mr. Tim Black. You are absolutely fabulous. So glad that you are a hell-raising humanitarian like myself. And that you are using your independent media platform to speak a type of truth. TYT, 
Tim Black and so many other independent networks are doing the same thing. We must keep pushing and we must hold ourselves accountable. And I'm glad that you are holding the progressive movement accountable for standing up, standing with the African American community. All right, this has been the conversation. Yours truly, Nina Turner. I do want you to keep the faith and keep the fight.